The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 86, I do believe. Yeah, that's what, that sounds right to me. 86. I think you know what we're going to do? Nikita Kucherov. Nikita Kucherov is right, but I think what we're going to do is is this is kind of a 2.0 for us. Um, new studio, new equipment. So I think what's going to happen is that this is Daily Intermission 2.0 episode 1. Episode 1, part season 2. Season 2. Season 2, episode 1. Yeah. I like that a lot, actually. Season 2, episode 1. Uh, yeah, so as you can see, I mean, I'm not sure, you're probably listening on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts listened to, but uh, but no, we've got uh, video now on YouTube, and, and we've got the lighting kit set up, and the new studio, it's not quite finished yet, um, but you can definitely get a teaser if you catch it on YouTube. Um, really excited about what's going on in here, Nate. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of mind-blowing even walking in today. I was like, holy smokes, dude, look at this thing. It's incredible. Yeah. It'll be, once, once we get it completely finished off, too, it'll be a little bit better. We're not going to spoil the surprise of what uh, exactly is missing yet, but it's uh, it's coming along nicely, and it's very exciting. Almost oh, definitely. I mean, Nate's got his Louisville slugger. Um, yeah. You know, maybe one of the most versatile sports pieces of equipment. Uh, we definitely needed it in here. Uh, yeah. I've got my football, you know me, if, you know, if I get aggressive, just kind of grab the football and settle down a little bit, throw an interception. And well, I've had that, that Louisville slugger since I was... 15. Yeah. That one. I've used it for everything. Okay. Everything. Well, yeah. Okay. So I think we'll just draw it right there. Yeah. No, just... I wasn't going to tell you more, but okay. I think everyone knows. <clears throat> okay. Um, no. So, so lighting kits, Nate, we've got a funny story about that. So we're setting up the lighting kits. Oh my God. Um, you know, we bring them in and, and, um, you know, uh, Nate and I don't have a, a great knowledge or a great background in, in technology. Um, surprise, surprise. So we're setting up these new lighting kits and, um, I think we nearly burnt the place down. Oh well, I—I I mean, I turned on the one of the major ones here. There's two. There's two that look a little more intimidating than the other two. Two are umbrella, and two are like something you'd see in a tanning bed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I turned on one of the tanning bed ones, and I heard. Here's the most worrisome thing for me: is like this thing's turned on, and it sounded like a dirt bike revving up. Yep. And I look at Greg. I'm like, "You hear that?" He's like, "No." I'm like, <laughs> "What are you listening to right now, then?" Anyway, I turn it back on again. This thing's smoking. We realize we've got a sprinkler up top. We've just got all this new stuff. Imagine imagine day one, brand new studio, and we've got a sprinkler warning. It, it wouldn't have been good. It would not have been good for the program. It would have been quite bad for the program. That's and, the first time I've said that in a while. And so we uh, we avoided disaster, and it's kind of on the sidelines, on the DL right now, until we figure out what's going on with that light. So, But, uh, but no, I'm really excited about what's going on here, Nate. Um, and I wanted to shout out the NHL on TikTok. Uh, the NHL on TikTok took our video uh, last week, threw it on their account, and uh, generated some buzz for them. So uh, expect us to be doing some more work here in the near future for the NHL. So that's really exciting. Uh, right, I'm, Nate, I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you're scrolling through NHL TikTok, take a look, and you'll see uh, my beautiful face out there. So it's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, so, Nate, I, I think I'll just kind of, you know, brainstorm or not brainstorm but i'll lay out what we got going on for today's yep. episode i mean we're going to talk nfl as we always do um you know it was an exciting week uh week 15 um and we'll break down nba everything that's going on there adam silver came out and had some interesting comments this week obviously the christmas day games you know what that's going to look like right now with the covid situation in the nba and the nhl uh obviously some serious news surrounding the nhl with um with covid and the shutdown and and uh, with the World Juniors just around the corner, uh, we'll bring in guest Grant Frey, who I did my MBA with at UMB, a tremendous hockey fan, a well-spoken individual who uh, kind of breaks down some prospects who we should be looking out for in the NHL. And, and then we'll f- wrap things up with the rapid-fire segment. Yeah. So, Nate, are you ready to rock and roll here? I'm ready to get going here. Let's get into it. All right, buddy. Well, we're starting things off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. Um, you know, Tom Brady and, and the Bucs, you know, during Tom Brady's tenure with the Buccaneers, they've, they've seemed to struggle against the Saints. Uh, it's It's been, you know, a 
very troublesome. Um, so at home to to the Saints on Sunday night, and they end up getting shut out nine nothing. You know, DBs are in Tom Brady's face. He tells the coach to go fuck himself. It was really uh, an eventful night for the Buccaneers, and and it's just something you hate to see from a guy who who was the front runner for the MVP until that game. Uh, yeah, and I was gonna just check in with you here on this. Was this the first time Tom Brady's ever been shut out, or is it? I know it was two. It's two hundred and fifty five consecutive starts anyway that he hasn't been. Yeah, so like the first time since two thousand five. Oh my. That's that's wild. Big run, yeah. That is a, that's an outrageous run, man. Some of the stat lines from behind that guy are just absolutely outrageous. Oh, it's incredible, man. And, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly a testament to his success in the NFL. But I think we should note, Nate, that, uh, that Chris Godwin, uh, their tremendous slot receiver, will be done for the season. Uh, Mike Evans as well went down that game. So, Mike Evans isn't done for the year, though. I don't think so. Okay. No, he's week to week. God, yep. uh, Godwin, he got... He, the hit of the knee, right? Yeah. 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 If you guys didn't see rim. that, oh, my God. I was – you can ju- you just knew right away. You're like, all right, well, is it ACL or MCL? Because I don't know the difference personally between the two. Yeah, well, neither but, do I. Well, there you go, right? And it seems like sometimes it's like MCL or ACL or sometimes both of them go, and I'm like, well, yeah, whatever's yeah, no. going on in that knee is obviously an absolute mess. But. No, it, definitely. I mean, we see them littered through the NFL – during the season, but no, you're right, Nate. So it was a tough hit, kind of like a, like a hip check esque, you know, low hit to the knees. He did a flip. Uh, it, it wasn't a it wasn't a good looking hit. Uh, he was running tough. on the sidelines and looked like he was going to be okay, but uh, that oh, was not. That was probably a little bit of like shock. It's like when you break your leg or something. You're like, it's fine. I'm going to go play. And then the doctor's like, dude, your foot is the size of like. I mean, I, I, I can't talk from experience here, but you are definitely talking from experience. I am. I mean, if you've seen on my on our Instagram, you've got the the clip of me breaking my leg. Um, and, you know, I got in the locker room. I was like, yeah, you know, everything's fine here. I took the boot off, and my foot turned into something from a clown, <laughs> like a clown boot on. Man, that was ridiculous. Yeah. I was like, ah, you know what? I will not be playing unless the clown walks in the locker room. Yeah, you're rocking. Like, you're- you have skates. <laughs> <laughs> you're rocking with like a Nike sized eight on your left foot, and then you've got a yeah. clown shoe size yeah. twenty two. It's your like, right. who's this guy going? <laughs> <laughs> cook, 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 cook. Oh yeah. gosh, that's good stuff. So, so Antonio Brown, um, obviously the kind of the third head of the three headed monster receivers in Tampa Bay. Uh, he had been suspended due to a falsified or a forged uh, vaccination uh, identification. So, uh, as soon as Chris Godwin goes down for the year, Bruce Arians says, "You're back." Uh, so that's, you know, obviously uh, they need Antonio Brown. He's an incredible receiver. Didn't look like he was going to come back, but obviously injuries have, uh, have, have, plans have changed. Yeah, plans have changed. You know, I've just lost so much respect for Antonio Brown ever since laying that bet a few years ago. That's true. We should, well, let's bring up the bet. I mean, let the listeners know, you know, what you had on that bet. I feel like we've talked about it before, but it definitely, yeah, I had the bet on, I was going to go max. I was going to put everything I had. I put the whole farm on it. Okay. That, I mean, it was all it was was for him to be arrested. Yeah, in, in that calendar year, I think it was 2020. And at and this point, there was a lot of things circling like, around. Well, he Antonio was Brown. Well, what had happened right prior was he was out on the streets, like screaming at cops. There was some slurs. Okay. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, that seems like an arrestable offense right there. Yes. I was like, so what's coming up next? I was like, I'll put, it, I'll, I'll go. Anyway, I didn't get arrested. So. And I mean, even the even the books might, have, you know, they must have thought that that this was a, a realistic situation as well, because they probably wouldn't have offered that type of bet if if they didn't think that that would happen. Um, I mean, they, no. hit, they hit it out of the park with it. They had me hook, line, and sinker on the positive for yes, and then no. it didn't happen. So they knew something I didn't. No, exactly. Um, but moving on from the box, and so obviously Tom Brady, I think he'll still be in the chatter for the MVP talks, but a guy who's certainly now in the chatter for the MVP talks is a guy by the name of Aaron Rodgers. Very polarizing figure uh, this season in the NFL. Uh, they clinched the NFC North on Sunday. Um, you know, that division... Not the strongest with Detroit, obviously, uh, having two wins, which we'll get into. Um, Chicago looking like an absolute dumpster fire uh, under Coach Nagy. And, and as we all know, Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Yeah, that's so, a fact. And, that and, and the Vikings and, and Kirk Cousins. I mean, we don't really know too much about you know what Kirk Cousins can do uh, in the playoffs because he always seems to just kind of choke on his way into them. So <laughs> uh, in terms of that division, I mean, it's yeah. it's dominated by Green Bay. It has been you know during Aaron Rodgers' tenure. So they win that division. It's inevitable they're going to win that. Yeah, I mean... Like, 
I think I, I will have to reflect on our on our NFL preview, but I don't think that any of us, I don't think we both hammered the Packers to win that division. I was really high on the Lions for a bit. Yeah, that's that's correct. No, no, big Dan Campbell guy over there. Oh my goodness. Well, let's go to the Lions. Let's go to the Lions. Sure. Huge upset on Sunday, beating the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, for a long time, the Arizona Cardinals were the uh, they were undefeated for a long time, and then you know they had the best record in the NFL. I think until two weeks ago, and and back to back losses to the Rams and the Lions. Now it's kind of people are, you know, there's a little bit of skepticism building around the, the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, Kyler Murray, he's a great quarterback, don't get me wrong, but he's very inconsistent. And the type of play that uh, that he brings to the table week to week with, um, you know, scrambling out of the pocket and and um, kind of some errant throws. And, and uh, you know, he's not your typical pocket passer, uh, which we've seen grow in the NFL these days. But, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the Cardinals fare. But, no, what an exciting week it was for the Lions. I really like Dan Campbell. I like what he brings to the table. I think he gets his team so fired up. I think he's a player's coach. Um, and they get their second win. So it's obviously not great for their draft pick, Nate. But it's great for the fans in Detroit to get a couple wins. Yeah, they just had Super Bowl number two. Do you think that puts Arizona into pretender category here? For me, it does. I mean, I mean, that's a tough loss, man. And when you start thinking about how the playoffs is single, like it's obviously single game. I think everyone knows how the NFL playoffs work. Like if you're going to lose to the Lions once, I know it's not like that important right now, but I mean, just think like. Anything can happen once you get going. It's one game. like No, exactly. I think about some of the powerhouses in the NFC, Nate. I mean, you think about Green Bay. You think about Tampa. You think about the Rams. I mean, I don't. when I look at those teams and I think about Arizona, I don't think of Arizona as better than those teams. No. So for me to think that they're, you know, a big-time contender, I think that, you know, I'd play some, yeah, right in the pretender category because of, of last week's loss to the Lions and the, and, and the week before that, loss at home to, to the Rams. So, I mean... Cliff Kingsbury is a great coach, and and I think that Kyler is going to have a great career in the NFL. And they're they're littered with weapons, kind of a re, uh, revitalized AJ Green, and obviously DeAndre Hopkins and Chris Christian Kirk, and um, they do have a good team. They brought in Zach Ertz from Philly, but I think that it's going to be kind of like a box. Rodgers, Green Bay Packers type of deal. That's what I'm starting to get the feel for. And Rams, yeah. kind of my my dark horse. Okay. Um. I was going to touch too, just on the Tom Brady, just when we had the Bucks going here. Um, do you think his? What do you think of the MVP run for him? Do you think it's toast? Like, does that shutout really hurt it that much? It's definitely going to to you know put a a dent in in what he's right. been what he's been you know doing this season. I hope it doesn't. I mean, there's still three more games. Well, I was um, thinking theoretically, like, yeah, he gets shut out, but he could come out and just have game of the year afterwards. I feel like people kind of quickly would forget that shutout. Hundred percent, yeah. And he's, I think he's still leading in, in some of the statistical categories yeah. uh, with touchdown passes and and, and 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 passing yards as well. So, yeah, you're right, Nate. I mean, I I, I think it does hurt it a little bit. I think Rodgers and him are kind of going toe to toe right now. Um, How many MVPs does Rodgers have? Do you know that right off the top of your head? I think two or three Okay, uh, regular season MVPs. But an interesting point came up. Uh, Jeff Saturday, a former offensive lineman uh, from the Indianapolis Colts, was a longtime player with Peyton Manning. He brought it up, and he said, you know, why why is the MVP award, why do we even give it out? It's pretty much whoever was the best quarterback in the league. Um, you why know, not have different positions kind of thing is what he was like floating, or? yeah. I mean, or just you know, you have to start to give it to other players who have been dominant at their position because, you know, you have to look at the gap of the players in the position. So I think that, and and obviously the team success as well. So he uh, mentioned Trent Williams, an offensive lineman for the San Francisco 49ers. He's he's just been completely dominant. Um, you know, is the has been the best offensive lineman in the league by far. Doesn't get talked about, and you know, for an offensive lineman to win the MVP, can it be done? Probably not. Yeah. You know, Jonathan Taylor been you know been the best running back in the league. You know, since since Derrick Henry's been hurt and is you know has been you know out of the the race. So there's just other positions. So you know, how can the NFL look at the positions? And if there's one guy who's really separated himself from the rest of the pack of that position, shouldn't that garner some attention from the from the award givers? You would think so, but I mean, it, it feels like it's almost an easy like cop out when it comes to MVP. Like, you know, what I mean, you can just kind of give it to a quarterback and it's like, well, you know, like 
No, exactly. But. Well, they do so much. I mean, there's no question it's the most important position on the team. I mean, they get yeah. the ball every single play, and you know they've got to understand what every single person on the field is doing. Um, so it demands a lot. And and uh, but you know, I think that yeah, like Jeff Saturday said. I mean, okay, we can give out the MVP or we can give out the top quarterback award. Yeah, which I think would be cooler, honestly, because then you have a, a few more guys you can kind of diversify the award and get yeah. somebody else in. Like for instance, I know we're going to talk about it here in a minute, but uh, like Cooper Cup. If yeah. he goes on to set the all-time uh, receiving yards record, yeah, I mean, is there not an outside chance he he wins it, or is it just impossible because of it's it's just quarterback dominated? Yeah, well, exactly. I'm glad you brought that up, Nate. I mean, you know, I think he's 340 yards away with three games to play, be, yeah. um, you know, behind Calvin Johnson, Megatron's record of, of receiving yards. I mean, that's just incredible. Uh, he's been such a great receiver, since such a great year. He's really come onto the scene in the last two years. Um, and you're right. I mean, how could how could uh, Cooper Cup not get some consideration for the most valuable player? And it's interesting enough that uh, we look at uh, Calvin Johnson when he set that record. Matthew Stafford is his quarterback, and and then you look at uh, Cooper Cup. Matthew Stafford is his quarterback. So I think that is a nice testament to Matthew Stafford understanding who your studs are and feed them the rock. Sounds like you got to give Matthew Stafford the MVP here, quarterback, automatic. <laughs> I know, man. But... I'm hoping Cooper hits 2,000. Yeah, that'd be the first yeah, time ever. It would be. What was it? Uh... Megatron, 1964, I want to say. Yep, that sounds right, Nate. So, I want to see a 2000. Yeah, I mean, that I would be incredible. So, he, he would definitely go down as, as uh, Cooper 2K. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Cooper 2K. That'd be yeah. kind of cool. Um, that'd be but sick. there will be an asterisk beside it uh, due to the extra fact game. that they're playing an extra game. But, listen, that's just the reality of what we're dealing with right now. And we progress, and, and you know, the, the records will continue to be, shake, continue to be shattered. And... Yeah, Nate, it's, you're right, man. Cooper Cup has been incredible, and, and we'll continue to watch. So we got a big week of football coming up. Obviously, we got Thursday night tonight. we got the Niners and Titans, and then we've got Saturday football, Sunday football. So Monday's episode will be full of football, and as the playoff pictures continue to form, we will be all over it picking out who we, you know, the, we'll get our Super Bowl predictions kind of starting to, uh, t- starting to formulate. Starting to come in. I'm also obviously all over the OT game tonight. Yeah. All yeah. over it. Love it. I mean, there's no other choice. No, so it's exactly. an automatic OT. And I guess before we move on to the NBA, Nate, we'll talk about your fourth opportunity oh. in OT game. Absolute heartbreaker. So I don't know if you guys were watching, but the Packers and Ravens were playing this Sunday. And Nate, as you know, for all the listeners, hammers the OT. He takes his free $10 bet that his book gives him, and he hammers the, what is it, uh, plus 1100 uh, the last couple were plus twelve twenty five. The one I'm on tonight for the 49ers is plus eleven twenty five. Okay, um, so eleven to twelve to one odds. Yeah, I mean it's usually right around. I haven't had anything lower than eleven twenty five, and I haven't had anything higher than like thirteen hundred. So, so that's just incredible. And so this would have been this would have been number three, three in a row. Number three in a it row would have been three in a row for overtime year. game. Four on the year, yeah. So which is just kind of nuts. Yeah. Anyway, so Huntley was uh, Lamar Jackson was sidelined, and uh, this I forget Huntley's first name at the, you know, at the top of my head right now. But so they drive the field, touch score touchdown. It's thirty to thirty one, thirty one to thirty for the Packers. So they kick the extra point. This thing's going to overtime. Nate wins his fourth in a row for the second time in three weeks. John Harbaugh says, uh, "Sorry, folks, we're going for two. Loses the game for the second time in three weeks. They did it. They did it to, to Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh a few weeks back. I, I'm mixed feelings about this. Obviously, I would have loved to see Nate win another one, but it, it just shows extreme pumpkin nuts to do that. It does for sure, but at the same time, and I don't know if it's like recency bias to me being angry and just like it seems so stupid looking back, but at the same time, I feel like it's like, hey, John, like you're not Bill Belichick. Like tone it down a bit. Yeah, for sure. Like I mean, gonna, definitely a devastating one for you. It's just kind of weird to me too because. Say they make the kick. I mean, you got the coin flip in OT. You still have a shot. Yeah. You know, they're just trying to absolutely bury them. No. I, and they it, it doesn't work. I know. It's like, what are we doing? I know. Like, just give me the money. Yeah. And obviously he didn't trust. Yeah, I don't know if it was his defense or, or offense to get it done in overtime. And, and plus two, you get one play to win the game. So, I mean, yeah. it, it's... It is what it is, and, and I, I do like it that it, if you're going to do it, do it consistently and always do it uh, because there's going to be some games where you get that done. Yeah. Um, but, Nate, moving into the NBA, and, and we're going to start off with the commissioner, Adam Silver, and, and what he came out and what he talked about publicly. Um, it's interesting. So, I mean, everyone is, is very familiar with the Omicron variant and how fast COVID spreading and, and how 
you know, diverse and, 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 you know, just, it's just, it's, how do you go about handling it? And I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just depends on where you live and, and, you know, what your policymakers are thinking and what the doctors are saying. And so it's very polarizing right now. And, 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 uh, and Adam Silver came out and he said that sports are an outlet for people. They're good for their mental health. And, you know, he said, you know, we've been getting our players double vaccinated for a reason we need to continue to play because we are an outlet for people during these scary times. And, and he said, you know, I'm not going to run away from this forever. We have to find a way to operate in this type of society. And so they're not shutting down any games. Uh, they have canceled a few here and there, but they plan on playing Christmas Day, which is the biggest day for the NBA in terms of regular season. It always has been. Those five games are just extremely popular for families around the world to watch on Christmas Day. So Adam Silver, I think he brings up a lot of good points, Nate. Yeah, he does for sure. And I kind of like the re- like kind of the come out of everybody here. Like the NFL has said it. They're like, you know what? If if there's if you're not showing symptoms, we're not testing you. Yeah, you know, I mean, the NHL is in a different boat. Obviously, there's a lot more cross border stuff going on, and that's a little harder to go through. But at the same time, like even with the NBA, I think Adam Silver has a great point because obviously people want to get away from this COVID stuff. It's been going on for two years. At the same time, like these players, obviously double vax, obviously extremely healthy. We talked about it on the way here. These guys travel on private jets, man. Yeah. Not, it's not like they're on a commercial flight like it's 1970 here. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're working two jobs and getting on a couch. like. No, exactly. Like, no, I don't know. It's just so weird to me. Well, exactly. And I think that you can, you know, you can, you can, you can make the protocols more strict for your players in the NBA and for your players in all the professional leagues to make sure that it's, you know, it's, it's best practice in terms of, you know, keeping COVID contained. But I totally agree with Adam. I mean, I think, you know, especially for people like us, Nate, and, and I mean, we're not the only ones where if we're going to be locked down or if we're going to be, um, you know, stripped of some of our freedoms, you know, during the time of COVID, well, I definitely want to be able to sit on the couch at 8 o'clock at night and throw some bets down and get through it, you know, and, and that's something 100%. that uh, I know we're not alone and, and I know it might not be the biggest part of the society, but at least you're, you know, you're, you're looking out for some of them. So I, uh, I appreciated Adam Silver's, uh, Adam Silver's comments and, uh, and Nate, it sounds like they're going to play on Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, so we've might got a few guys out. Yeah. But. No, exactly. We've got the Hawks, Knicks. Uh, at one, the Celtics box three, Golden State and Sun six, Nets, Lakers at nine, and the Mavericks Jazz at eleven. Yeah, it's gonna be a big parlay day. So it's oh, absolutely. So it's, what? Who are we missing? I remember you were messing or telling me about it, but we got Trey Young out. Trey Young's out for Atlanta. Giannis. Um, we got Giannis is out uh, for the Bucks versus Celtics. Okay. Yeah, we've got uh, Kevin Durant and James Harden out versus the Lakers. Um, we also have. Um, some couple Canadian boys will be missing. Luka Dantic out uh, for the Mavericks. So, Corey Joseph? Uh, not not no, Corey no. Joseph. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, who I saw was missing. Wiggins, perhaps? Uh, Andrew Wiggins, thank yeah. you, Nate, is, uh, is missing for Golden State. And as well as R.J. Barrett will be missing for the Knicks. So, okay. I mean, there is a plethora of superstars, which people would have been really excited to watch on Christmas Day. For sure. So, I mean, you just kind of got to go with it. At the same time, though, you haven't got a whole lot of other stuff to watch. You're probably still going to. It's kind of a, you could be, you could take it as a positive, you know? You get some of these bench guys that aren't going to touch the court. You're going to get to see them have a little Christmas Day. Get a little narrative on these guys. I mean, you got to make the most of it here. Like, oh yeah, for sure. What can you do? For sure. I mean, I think uh, DFS will be fantastic that day as yeah, well. That's Trying right. to sniff around at some guys who might have some career days. That's a good point. Um, so some DFS Christmas Day, some some Christmas parlays will definitely be released on our Instagram. Oh, um, it's going to be a big one. Nate, uh, there was a developing story uh, out of our Toronto Raptors uh, this week. I mean, they are littered with COVID. And when I mean littered, there was five healthy players from their entire, like, 16-man roster. Uh, and they were going to make them play against Chicago in Chicago. Um, so what was the end goal in that? Were they going to just have five guys play? And that nobody on the bench, so or the, were they going to have a couple G League guys there? That's so exactly that's right. It. Yeah. So they okay. brought up, I think, five or six G League guys. Right. Um, but then OG and Anobi tested positive for COVID, and then that really, they're like, we've got four regular guys, and they postponed the game. But it made me think. Okay, so if you're an NBA GM, and you know you're getting creative, yep, 
and you needed a guy to pull off the streets, you know, outside of the G League. Your G League's dealing with COVID. You only have, you know, you got six healthy guys. You need a couple guys that maybe will get 10 minutes of run. Who would you bring in off the streets or, like, anyone that you think that could play some minutes in the basketball, maybe generate some buzz, even if you're going to lose the game, bring them in just for the content? Who would you bring in? I mean, just thinking, like, athlete-wise, I'd try and see what Dennis Rodman is saying. Okay. I'd try to throw him in. I mean, you're going to... You know how many eyes eyeballs you're gonna have if yeah. you hear there's a comeback of Dennis Rodman. Yep. And just for another guy, I'm thinking like Zadino Char could probably fit in pretty well. Okay. Yeah. It'd be uh, be awkward to see, but yeah, he'd be playing at the five. Oh yeah. Um, actually, what he, be- he might be able to dunk, man. Yeah, he wouldn't be playing uh, at the five. No. I'm thinking that he's like six ten right now. What he's six nine. Six nine. Yeah. So he could be playing like at three or four, and I mean, who <laughs> That's knows? So crazy to think. Yeah, like he's not a big man. In the no, uh, in the not when you got Yao Ming, eight foot one. So would they make if 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 Dennis Rodman came in? I'm glad you brought him up, Nate. Would they make Dennis Rodman take all that jewelry off his face if he was playing in the NBA? Uh, there's got to be a rule against it. Yeah, I mean, like no. you could get some he fingers probably, caught in there. But you know, he he think about it. LeBron swinging his hand off the off the off the uh, throw, free throw, throwing elbows. Yeah. yeah, get caught on an earring or something, get or a nose ring, on. or a lip ring, or they just move his one after that. I mean, anyway, it's uh, yeah, I don't mind those. I, I think Adam Sandler comes to mind for me. I think Adam Sandler. He was getting a lot of hype online. Yeah. Guy can kind of play. Yes, man. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. He also just rolls around in basketball shorts in every paparazzi photo I've ever seen. So it's like he's ready (laughs) to go whenever. He is ready (laughs) for a pickup game. I've I've seen him on sets uh, before, like, talk shows and stuff, like, just shooting hoops. Like, he loves it. He really, really likes basketball. I mean, he's just a big sports guy. Huge sports guy. He'd be a terrific guy to have on the pod. Yeah. What is he? He's made every single sports movie. I mean, you got Happy Gilmore. Golf. Yeah. Um, longest Yard, football. Longest Yard. Um, um, what is, is there a basketball? Well, grown-ups, there's a bunch of basketball oh, yeah, scenes. Yeah. Like, there's a basketball yeah. tournament in it. There's always sports in every single yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if he's made it like exclusive hockey movie, but well, I guess Happy Gilmore, Gilmore yeah. kind of kills two birds, one stone. Yeah. Loves his sports. which he does. I mean, yeah, that's a, uh, that's a long-term goal for the Daily Animation, is to have... Adam Sandler poke his head in on the Daily Animation to talk sports. I mean, that would be absolutely electric. That'd be outrageous. Um, so yeah, I think Adam Sandler is my guy. Or J Cole. I've heard J Cole can ball. There's some rappers out there. I know Quavo plays. Yep. Um, so there's some guys out there that might be able to poke their heads in and 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 play a game, play some limited minutes for you. Some guys um, that get you some views too. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we'll get the listeners to to chime in and say, you know, if you had one guy to bring in off the streets, play ten minutes for one game, one day contract. Who is it? I like that. That'd be a good Instagram. Uh, we'll get everybody dialed in, see what they're thinking. Absolutely. I feel like Adam Sandler's going to be a big one. Yeah, I agree. But we'll see what everybody's thinking. All right, Nate. Well, there was some. We're moving on in the NHL, and there was some massive news this week. The NHL will not be participating in the 2022 Olympic Games in Beijing, China. Unfortunate. Um, it is. It was inevitable. We knew it's been coming for two weeks here. It's just every, you know, it started off. We're so positive about it. We're like, hey, you know what? They might be able to get something done. And then kind of as the days go on, you're like, okay, it's just slowly. Like, when are you going to tell us they're not going? Yeah. You know, and it was on the players, but it's like, what are they to do? Who wants to get stuck in China for three weeks afterwards? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel bad. I mean, there's a long list of players who came out in the media and, and actually we were fairly sad about, you know, the, you know, the, the, the opportunity, or I should say missing the opportunity of going to Beijing, China. Um, you know, Sandy Crosby came out and, and decided, you know, or just, you know, was, was very public about how disappointed he was. Victor Hedman uh, was nearly in tears. It might be Victor Hedman's last opportunity. I mean, I'd like to think in four years, but you just really never know. Yeah. Um, guys like Connor Hellebach, I mean, he, he's at the you know the top of his prime right now at 32 years old. He he's doesn't know. He's never had a shot. So none of, I mean, Even yeah, we were saying on the way over here, like Nathan McKinnon, man. Yeah. Like he's he might never play in the Olympics. Which is just insane. It's crazy to think. So, Nate, I wanted to ask you, you know, how much do you weigh a gold medal in on a an NHL player's legacy? So you talk about Sid, and obviously the golden goal was huge for his legacy, a gold yeah. medal in 2014. I mean, like we said, Sidney Crosby hypothetically could have four gold medals and three Stanley Cups, but how much do people weigh in the hockey world a, a gold medal in terms of your legacy? Yeah, I kind of find I feel like I'm have a different opinion than most when it comes to these like team awards, but I don't weigh it that high. I'm like say for instance like I could have Ovechkin if he didn't win a cup, 
and beat Gretzky's goal record, I think for me he's still one of the best ever. You know what I mean? I mean, you can only do so much on a 20-man roster to win. Yep. Um, obviously, it does a lot. But, I mean, you look at, like, Henrik Lundqvist, for instance. He didn't win a cup. He got the gold with Sweden. Yep. Um, Daniel Alverton, Matt Sundin, a lot of these guys. Yeah. They didn't end up getting cups. And, and um, you know, that's why I think it is actually weighted fairly heavily in your legacy. Mm. Because for a lot of these European countries and, you know, a gold medal – like that is gigantic. That is is monumental, and and the fact that it's only held, you know, every four years, then it's just so hard to achieve. The hockey is incredible. Um, I should mention too, just I understand it's like very weighted amongst like most people, like analysts, anybody. Yeah, it's just not for me. Yeah, like yeah, I, I don't, probably because of Ovechkin. I mean, it probably has a lot to do with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just years of, um, you know. And I think that Russia would have been in the mix this year. I mean, who knows? And who knows what they would have been in, in if they would have been in the mix um, in uh, in 2018. But Andre Vasilevsky, man, gives you a chance to win every single night. And and that, yeah. you know, we're seeing that with Tampa Bay right now. They're littered with injuries, and he just is such a backbone it, for that team. It, now that we're starting to talk about it too, man, it honestly it kind of upsets me knowing we're not going to see it. Like, it, I don't think it's really set in for me yet. Yeah. Because I, I remember looking back at, like, 2018, I was like, man, some of these rosters are going to be disgusting. And then when we went through and did the preview, man, looking at Russia's forward depth, the states, Canada, like, we would have had some unbelievable hockey. And it's a shame. Yeah. It's such a shame that this damn virus is still going on. Yeah, it is, man. So, Ugh. so I bring up the kind of the thought, Nate, as 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 the Olympics has been canceled. It's going to be twelve years since we've seen the best on best play for their countries, and and even saying that is, is a little concerning. So, what can the NHL do? What can the NHL do to create a platform <clears throat> where their players play? for their countries, for something that is legitimate, for something that is legacy building, is there something that the NHL can do every two years, a World Cup, you know, not the double IHF World Cup that they do during the playoffs. Is there something the NHL can create so they can, uh, you know, generate revenues, generate buzz, you know, continue to keep it internal? You know, is there something they can do? Like, Do you see that being a viable route for the NHL to, to investigate? I think so. I mean, that World Cup of Hockey, I'm not, like, I haven't looked at the analytics of it per se, but, like, I felt like it was successful. Yeah. No like, wouldn't, wouldn't you say? Like, I mean, the, you had the under-23 team. The, the amount of buzz that generated was outrageous. Oh, the other sure. thing is, too, if you keep it inside, I mean, this way you get to profit off it. Yep. You know, I mean, it's a little extra income for them. People want to see this stuff. We know there's a market for it. People have been begging for Olympics for years. I mean, other than that, I mean, like, you can also have, it's a lot easier because you can set the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, they go over to Beijing, we're going to be watching these games at 7 a.m. Yeah. And where most of the fan base that's going to be watching this stuff, now you can set the time, you have it at prime time, everything's going to work out. So I think there really is something they can do here, and whether it's a World Cup or even just like kind of a world championship thing, something like that, I think there's definitely a way they can do it. It's just going about doing it. Yeah, I totally I don't know how agree. often you would do it. It's, I think every two years makes sense to me. I think so, too. I, I mean, think, every year kind of starts to get a little, you know, guys would start sitting out. Yes, you know, exactly. it'd be almost like an all-star thing. Yeah, so you've got to make it You've got to make it you know, legitimate, like I said. And I think that every two years, I think four years is just a little too long. It is. Um, it, it does. It, it's the Olympics because it, so it does have that, you know, just incredible magnitude of, of you know, that people cherish. But... Um, no, I really do think that uh, a World Cup and and the the NHL should be investigating in what they can do for the players um, to get a best on best and, well, and yeah, and we're starving for it. I mean, I feel like they have to do something. It's such a missed opportunity when you get to see like some of these guys you'll never get to see play together. Like McKinnon, you could have we could have had Crosby, McDavid, McKinnon. You yeah. like it's 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 crazy to think of, and it's just a shame because I mean everybody wants it so bad. I want it so bad. I need it. Yeah. Um, well, unfortunately, we will not be getting it. Uh, so play, to, play is, is set to resume uh, in the NHL on December 27th. Um, even now, like we have no idea what that's going to look like. Um, the issue with the NHL is that we've got seven teams in Canada. Um, it's not like the NFL where they can kind of govern themselves. We'll say, yeah, we're going to test uh, when only people are, are feeling symptomatic. Uh, it's not like the NBA when they only have one team. We have seven teams. About a, a quarter of the NHL is, is resides in the country of Canada, and so the border and, and the policymakers of both countries, especially in Canada, you know, play a huge role in this. So, what is this going to look like come December twenty seventh? I don't know. It, it seems so tentative right now, too. It seems like it's not going to be 
I just feel like come the 27th, it's there's going to be some other like thing we're going to have to leapfrog. Yeah. And obviously, as you said, with the cross-border stuff. But as we mentioned before, it almost seems like, is there not a way they can kind of just like let them do it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is there not an exception for these athletes? Yeah, I mean... I kinda got, it kind of goes back, and I'm sure a few people would be outraged for sure. It'd be like, okay, so these guys are professional athletes, so they can just cross the border choosingly, whereas we're stuck. Well, there will, there will, there will always be that argument. Yes, for sure. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I, I, like you said, I mean, I, I don't know if there's going to be a certain you know, agreement or and everything. And, and, you know, we've revert back to the point where these players are on private planes. Um, you know, anyway, I, I just I don't want the Canadian bubble again. But it seems like that, that might be where we're headed. Well, what's the move there? They just changed the whole schedule over. Yeah, there's there's a guy right now. I forget his name. No, and he's working on the NHL schedule. Well, yeah, they're not going to the Olympics, so you've got three weeks in February, which you need, and you also have a plethora of was it? 50 uh, well, I know they've got to re obviously postpone some stuff, but I didn't. I, I was talking more about the Canadian, the Canadian setup. Oh, again. oh, well, I'm not sure if that's the, okay. the route they're taking, but I'm assuming that that's certainly something that's on the table because I mean, you know, with everything going on right now. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't really take anything off the table right now because the NHL is the one league. Like I said, a quarter of it, a quarter of it, is in a different country, and you know, it's it's easy for the NBA because they could just say, "Okay, Toronto, you're back in Florida. Yeah, and this is where you're going to play." Yeah. Um, you know, they can't really do that with the NHL. So yeah, we'll we'll continue to monitor that. It's sad, uh, but Nate, that was kind of a dreary NHL talk. And, oh, and man. let's let's segue out of it. Let's talk World Juniors, a tournament that yeah, we yeah. know we're getting. It's our favorite tournament of the year. Uh, my certainly my favorite junior hockey um, intake of the year every year. Love it. I love the timing of it. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited. So should we bring in Grant? Uh, we we got Grant on the phone here to talk uh, to talk World Juniors here yeah. for a minute. Okay, do it. Hey Grant, how you doing today, my man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Always a good time talking to you guys. Listen, it's been our pleasure uh, to have you on, man. And it's World Juniors time of the year. You know, everyone's excited uh, as Christmas. You know. As the Christmas fever um, you know, plagues the the planet, it also does the World Junior, especially here in North America, and, and we're really excited. I mean, there's you know the Canadian team, you know, is poised for another gold medal, and and uh, I guess it will start things off. Grant, you know, what's uh, what's the landscape looking like? You know, is there any rumors surrounding the World Juniors right now that you know kind of the biggest headlines going into the tournament? Uh, I think Team Canada, you know, everything you got to look at to start. I know that sounds a little biased, but I think there's a lot of different headlines coming out of there. I think the biggest story is especially team can is going to be you know being up front with the two u18 players the potential first overall pick and shane wright missing out on the tournament last year not making the team this year is going to be his year i expect him to go first overall in the draft and i expect him to play a big part in this you know canada team um pro ready shot he plays the full 200 foot game i think when a lot of people see shane wright play it takes a few viewings to really sort of get him to you know, grow on you. It's not going to be a Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews type where he's going to wow you every single shift. I think he's more of kind of like a Bergeron type player. He's going to win the puck balance down low. He's got an unreal shot. I think there's a lot of talk about is he ready, but you look at a lot of the, the older players on this team and they played the same amount of OHL seasons or CHL seasons that Wright has. So I fully expect him to, you know, jump up in the lineup. He's been really, you know, starting not the fastest in his OHL season after taking the whole year off with the COVID season the OHL not playing so I really expect Shane Wright to you know prove a lot of doubters wrong and show you know why he's expected to go number one and then the other big story especially coming out of camp is Connor Bedard if you haven't heard his name already you're going to hear it for the next two years front runner for first overall in 2023 you don't make team Canada world junior team as a 16 year old often so when you do you know it's something special I expect him to start as the 13th forward but I really expect him to start working his way up his lineup uh Plays in Regina, came in as the first exceptional status player in the WHL ever, absolutely torched it in the bubble year. This year has been struggling a lot due to a poor Regina team, but I'm excited to see you know what he can do when he's with the best players in the world. Again, I don't expect him to be you know, lighting up right away, but I think as the time in the tournament goes on, he's going to work his way up to the lineup. I compare it to kind of last year when we spoke about Shane Wright, and you don't have to play him every shift, but if you need a goal, you need someone to spark the lineup, he's a guy to put in there. You look at the finals last year when Canada couldn't even score in the finals at all. He's the type of guy you want on the bench. You plug him in anywhere on the lineup, he's going to energize the guys. He's the scoring threat from everyone on the ice. Uh, so it's really not often when you look at a Team Canada team, you're talking about a 16- and a 17-year-old as 
top stars of the team, but that is really where this lineup is at. So those are the two guys that are going to be, you know, up front for Canada, the most talked about and the most scrutinized for sure. Absolutely, Grant. I mean, definitely excited to watch Shane Wright and, and Connor Bedard. I mean, in, in kind of moving beyond the young guns, I mean, it, it seems like Canada's littered with some people who have some NHL experience. You've got Cole Perfetti. You've got uh, Mason McTavish, I do believe his name is. I mean, you know, what should we expect from the guys who have NHL experience and, and have been uh, let go by their NHL teams to, to play in the tournament? I absolutely think they should be dominant. Like you just said, Mason McTavish has played games in the HL, the NHL, and the OHL. He scored at every single level. I fully expect him to be doing the same at the World Juniors. Power forward type player. He's going to drive in at every single time. Not scared to get in those dirty areas. Another player I'm excited to see is Kent Johnson. I think he might be somewhat underknown in you know Canadian rounds because he plays in the University of Michigan. Um, he reminds me sort of similar to a little bit of a Trevor Zegers, and I'm hoping for a tournament like that. A pure skilled player. He's going to be, you know, on the top six forward, on the power play. He's going to be dishing the puck all around. I expect him to do some jaw-dropping things this tournament. Held back from the camp due to COVID protocol, so I really expect him to be flying out of the gate. Um, and then Cole Perfetti, I honestly expect him to be the top forward in the tournament. This is, you know, he's coming back for his second tournament there. He's been absolutely lighting up the AHL for two years in a role playing against men getting into the Winnipeg lineup, coming in and getting to play on the top line, probably with Shane Wright. I expect Cole Perfetti to lead the tournament in scoring. Absolutely. No, definitely excited to watch You know, those three players. Obviously, McTavish, third overall pick. And was Perfetti seventh? Tenth overall? Tenth in Winnipeg, yeah. Tenth overall to Winnipeg. So it's excitement there. And Grant, just kind of finishing off in Canada, I mean, obviously Owen Power should be noted as well. The first overall pick to Buffalo, another Michigan player. Um but I'm always interested to see what do we have in between the pipes because that oftentimes um, kind of dictates how successful this Canadian team can be. How is the goaltending on Team Canada this year? You know, after we go into the tournament, and, you know, like you said, we're pretty stacked in the D and the board, but, you know, goaltending is not a question mark. I think this might be one of the best duels of goaltending Canada's brought in a long time. I expect Sebastian Costa from the Edmonton Oil Kings to get the start in net, Detroit first rounder last year. 6'6", six, six, extremely athletic goalie, super sound, very calm in the net. I expect him to be in the NHL very soon. Um, but it's looking like the lines for tomorrow's pre-term against Russia. Dylan Garland, the New York Rangers fourth-round pick, is looking like he's going to get the start. Absolutely more than capable than to ride every game out and take a straight-to-the-gold medal game. Um, there hasn't been you know, a duel of goaltending for Canada like this in a long time where I expect either one of them to absolutely be able to steal games against the top tournaments. But I think when it comes to the goaltending aspect, I think that Canada is very sound. Awesome. Well, Grant, I'm just going to switch out here and let Nate hop in to talk about kind of the European teams and maybe some of the Absolutely. Goals. They couldn't really hear the interview here, and we'll probably just cut this out. Did you guys touch on Bedard like a like a ton, quite a bit? A, a decent amount. Okay. I was just – one thing more. I had to ask you, I was kind of looking for like a comparison on him, like kind of like an NHL comparison. He's tough too because it's all in the shot, I would say. Like right. it is – they. They talked about it at the World Junior Camp, and you had guys like McTavish, like guys who play in the NHL were coming up to Bedard after practice and asking them, you know, how are you doing this? How are you shooting the puck like this? So I I think his skating is good. It needs to get better, and it will. It's not like a McDavid-level skating or anything like that, but I believe the shot, and, like, he's not the biggest guy yet. He's still 16, so there's lots of way to go, but the, the comparable in my mind be like a right-handed Matthews when it comes to the shot. The, the dragon release, the ability to shoot from everywhere in the sort of anywhere in the zone. Um, I think that's like, he has all the comparisons to be a star player without the shot, but then you bring in that, that elite top five shot in the world. Like um, a, a few scouts have talked about it in the selection camp. They said they've seen a lot of kids come through, you know, the world junior selection camp. And they've never seen a kid this age shoot the puck this well. That's, that's incredible to think of what, what a testament that is to how talented that player is at 16 years mm-hmm. old. You have guys that are 19 coming up to him and asking him how he's doing stuff at the camp. Exactly. So, and to be, you know, nervous 16 year old trying to make this team and having guys who are solidified on this team, Mason McTavish, guarantee his father's team coming up to you afterwards and asking, hey, how are you doing this? I just, you know, played with Getzlaff and I played with these guys and I I don't know, no one's doing this sort of thing. So, uh, very excited to see him. I'm very excited as well. But we'll we'll kind of switch gears here and kind of talk about some of the countries that I'm not going to say have absolutely no shot, but kind of (laughs) absolutely have no shot. Not to put Sweden in that. Uh, in there as well, but are there any notables? I know there's a few guys from Slovakia. I believe they're supposed to go top 10. 
in this year's Absolutely. Draft. Yeah. Yeah, Slovakia's going to be really interesting. I think they're really kind of gearing up for, you know, the coming terms because we saw it last year when they brought a couple 16-year-olds and, you know, that's going to pay dividends in the end. Simon Nemec, a right-hand defenseman, should go anywhere between five, like anywhere in the fifth overall to tenth overall. Wow. Big, hulking defenseman. Very, very noticeable as a 16-year-old. That You know, when you're a 16-year-old tournament in one of the smaller nations, um, you know, you, you almost would rather not get noticed too much. You know, sitting in the background just, you know, playing some minutes. But Simon Nemec, I felt, was very strong in the tournament last year and is going to only continue to improve. I think with the rise of guys like Adam Fox and Kale McCarr, you really see the need of a team having a strong right-handed defenseman, and that's what Simon Nemec is. And I think he's going to be an absolute workhorse for this Slovakia team. Again, I don't know if this is going to be their year to really be the dark horse. I think they're kind of gearing up for the coming years because, you know, Nemec should be back next year. The other one is Uri Slavkovsky. Hulking 6'4", weighing a great shot. Again, I think he struggled a little bit in the tournament last year. Again, as a 16-year-old, what should you expect? Um, time would be tough. Uh, but he should be really, really good in this year's tournament, flanking on the top power play. I expect him to go anywhere from 10th overall to 20th overall. Okay. And then there's one who I'm really excited to see, you know, if he plays up in the lineup, but Dalbor Dvorsky. He could be a top five pick in upcoming Bedard draft, so not this year, but the following one. Really, really made headway and noise at the U18 tournament over the summer. Um, really starting to get his name rising up the draft board. So, again, as a 16-year-old, it might be hard to really make an impression, especially on the Slovakia team, but look for uh, Dalbero Dvorsky as well. Okay, awesome. I'll be looking forward to that because those games are always the best when you get those 3 o'clock ones, and it kind of gives you something to watch for. You Absolutely. Know, absolute studs, so... Um, I guess one more thing I wanted to touch on. Do you have anybody else who's like kind of your Brad Lambert from last year? Kind of 2.0, the 16-year-old guy that me and, like, for instance, me and Greg had not heard of him when, before we were interviewed you. And then after we were like, holy smokes, this guy is the real deal. He's outrageous. Absolutely. Well, Lambert's going to be back in the tournament. I'm saying he's my make or break player for this tournament. Really, really struggled this year so far, but I'm really excited to see him against, you know, like-minded or same age players as opposed to playing in men's league. But I think if, if you're looking for something else, it's going to be made to have Mitchkov in Russia. He's, you know, same draft year as Bedard. He's a late uh, 2013, or 2013 birthday. Um, he, as good as we said, talked about uh, Bedard, and as good as he's going to be, Mitchkov is going to be right there in terms of skill. And, you know, for the draft, they're going to go one, two, who knows the order yet. But this kid is the absolute real deal. I've seen projections for the line for Team Russia, and they're having him, the 17-year-old, on the top line. He is absolutely phenomenal. Insane hockey IQ. Reads the play better than anyone else on the ice. Incredible speed. He's played games in the KHL. He's tearing up the MHL. So Matej Mitchkov is going to be an absolute lights-out player, and someone everyone's going to know his name by the end of this tournament. He, he's the guy who's been pulling off the Michigan over there, right? A little bit, yeah. He's yeah. doing everything. They, he'll score from absolutely anywhere. Find the back of the net. He's whipping down the sides, blowing by pro NHL or KHLers. Absolutely going to, I think he's going to be very good in this tournament. I know Russia doesn't like to lean on their younger players a lot, but it is a different coach this year. And like I said, the projected lineups show him playing a top six role, which would be very good. He'll be back next year, guaranteed. I truly expect everyone to know his name by the end of this tournament. I am very excited to watch him. Well, listen, Grant, man, we really appreciate you coming on and, and, given us the the briefing on what we should be looking for in the world juniors obviously super excited for it to start but uh but listen man thank you for coming on and we'll catch up down the road yeah i appreciate you guys having me i'm looking so much forward to this tournament now the olympics are you know not going to be the best without the nhl players it's going to be the tournament to watch absolutely all right grant well thank you so much man and and, uh, we'll catch up man take care absolutely appreciate you guys having me take care Listen, we thank Grant for coming on. I mean, he, he's tremendous with his, his information. Eh? He's he's so dialed into junior hockey. And we thank Grant again for coming on. Yeah, that was that was terrific. Obviously, I mean, even last year we had him on, uh, one of our first guests ever, our absolute hockey analyst, no doubt about it. Uh, he got us on the Brad Lambert sweepstakes last year, and it's time to watch out for Matt Vaymichkov. From what I'm hearing, yeah, the guys pulling off Michigan's like no other. So this should be a good tournament, man. I'm looking forward to it. I wish it started like on the 24th. I think we do have exhi- exhibition today. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think. So that's going to be exciting. Fire me up. Yeah, Team Canada, I cannot wait. So, so yeah, make sure everyone's tuning in to the World Juniors. We'll continue to follow it. 
we'll make some content out of it. There's no doubt about it. All right, Nate, you ready for our segment? Yeah, let's do it. All right, my man. A little, little Christmas action going on. We've got a Christmas segment for everyone right now. Nate, we're going to go back and forth, but what is your favorite Christmas gift you've ever received? Favorite Christmas gift I've ever received. That's a good one. I got a sweet pair of underwear one year. Okay. It was like a pair. Of, this is when I was like young, so it was just awesome. I got, I believe the camera just died. It did. That's all right. The camera, yeah. the camera died, but the audio will continue to go. So that's what we're playing with for our audio, and this yeah. is what we're playing with for, or yeah, anyway. We're going to have to leave that thing on the charger from here yes. on in when we're recording. There's yes. no doubt about that. Um, yeah, so I got this pair of underwear when I was a kid. Um, there was like a Team Canada, like hockey, like junior ones, and I was like pretty amped about those. I think that was awesome. Um, other things, I, oh, I got a sweet pair of skates when I was a kid too. I got the the nine k pumps when they first came out. Okay, dude, I was over the moon about those things yeah, yeah. back then. For sure. Oh, what's yours? Yeah, mine's a funny one actually. Uh, it was actually right around. It was right before the World Junior Tournament. But do you remember the first like Easton Silver Synergy? Yeah. Yeah. So no I way. I didn't get one oh. the year they came out, but I got a shaft of one. My uncle was was a, a coach for the junior A team here in the valley, and no way. And uh, he brought me a shaft so I could put a blade in it, and yep. that for me was like I was just because I was watching these guys use it. And I was yep. really young, and and uh, it was way too stiff for me. But I I, I was like I've got one, and and, uh, yeah. and that was definitely one that's that's memorable for me. That is a great gift because yeah. those things were. They were the they were the stick. The stick. The stick. I think they still are. They are. They are they still for sure. Are. I would love to have. We should look into having one. Of, that would be sweet to have. Like one you can buy them online. Can you? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. People have pro stock ones like unused and stuff. Yeah, we should get one for in that here. Would, that would be such a great ad because yeah. that is just. I think nostalgia. That's actually, that's something. actually, in the next few weeks, Nate, we do need to uh, figure out some some additions to the uh, to the studio because we we could definitely deal with some more clutter back there. Yeah, we yeah. might have to ask some of the listeners too. See what they're. Uh, See what they're thinking for some stuff. Yeah, for sure. Any suggestions? We're open to it for sure. Yeah. Because well, we definitely have some space to fill here. I mean, Tiger's going nowhere. No, Tiger's we all know that. stapled in there. Uh, the the Louisville's not moving either. No, no. We can get rid of the magazines. Yeah, there's some yeah. stuff that um, we definitely want to add in here. But, uh, but Nate, what is your favorite Christmas gift you've ever given? Ooh. You may not want to tease it. Uh, I'm going to... I'm gonna say it, okay, because this won't come out till tomorrow. Yeah, but uh, it's definitely a custom crib board I had made. Cool. Yeah, I think so. That's yeah, for sure. It's an unreal gift. Yeah, I thought yeah. I, that it's definitely the most thoughtful thing I've ever come across. So yeah. I mean, other than that, I'm usually just buying my mom Bluetooth speakers and AirPods. For sure. So, you know, it's nice to have something a little like personalized like that. Uh, that's definitely my favorite one. What's yours? I feel like you got something good. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because, um, you know, seeing your gift, it reminded me a lot of mine. And, okay. and so Dormy Workshop is a company here in in, uh, in Atlanta, Canada. And, I, you know, I was hot on them early. And, and about three years ago, I think it was 2017, uh, I've got a grandmother. She's uh, she's widowed and, and she came down. It's my mom's mom. And, and uh, she's a golfer. She golfed. And, and so I got her... Uh, an all-white leather head cover uh, with uh, me, Tay, and Jordy's initials on the top of it with the Nova Scotia flag, and and uh, and their expensive head covers. And it was definitely that was definitely my most proud moment in terms of like I put some thought into it, I customized it for, her, and uh, and she still uses it today. And and I mean even if she's not you know playing golf, she can look at it and, and just kind of think of her boys in Nova Scotia. Yeah. So that was what I got her. That's really cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's crazy how it shifts too. Like when you're a kid, you're like I'm so excited to get presents. And it is so much better now to give them and just see someone's reaction when you give them the gift. Unbelievable. Feels so much better, man. It's 100%. crazy. 100%. It's definitely the time for giving. And, and um, yeah, like you said, I mean, uh, the more thought you can put into it and, and the more time you give yourself. Uh, I, I haven't been good at that in the past, you know, kind of <laughs> waiting to the last minute and, and firing around. But all right, Nate, what is your most memorable World Juniors moment? Most memorable World Juniors moment. I mean, theoretically, I guess it is uh, Jordan Everly tying that game late. Yeah, that's a big one. Oh, that's a that's staple. just kind of. A, I'm gonna try and pull something out that's not so typical. I remember Flurry. We were on a school trip to Martok, and Flurry had shot the puck off of, I believe, Patrick O'Sullivan into the net. That one was kind of crazy. Um, another big one too is like I usually watch World Juniors for the prospects, so I get really hyped up about the Washington yep. Washington guys on teams. So, I mean, I look back to I believe it was the 2010 Russian team, might have been 2011 actually, 
Um, I mean, they had Tarasenko, Panarin, who went undrafted. Um, I can't remember who else was there. Kuznetsov, obviously. And uh, that was the year Canada was up 3 nothing. Yeah. Kuznetsov went on an absolute warpath, absolute fire wagon fest. Yeah. And uh, they came back and scored five in the third and one. So I think that's mine. I know that's kind of probably like a little polarizing just because it's like Russia just beating the wheels off of Canada. But, yeah. like, I mean, if Canada can't win, I want to see the guys that are going to win my team a cup in the future pulling off Spinorama And who doesn't like a good upset every once in a while? Like, well, right? Like, like, obviously, you know, we're full on Canada, but... You know, they're just going to barrel through and win every year. And it's like, oh, sweet. Let's watch. You know, you got to have a little bit of parody. Yeah. 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 Um, What's yours? Yeah. I mean, I think the Everly comes to mind. Uh, I obviously liked friend of the show. Drake Batherson's year was amazing. I mean, the outdoor game in Buffalo. I mean, that was an incredible year. That was probably my favorite one to watch. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I hated Dominic Ducharme in that tournament, though. I'll, I'll You're not it. a big uh, fan of him, though. No, no, exactly. I'll leave it at that. And that's the reason that whole tournament, the way he handled Drake and, and Kale McCarr during that tournament, it was just outrageous. It's it's a terrific um, point, too, that um, you have. So, so um, but no, I mean, yeah, I, I think I, I think I think I think back to the it was 2017, correct? Uh, 2018, 20, I think. Okay, 2018. Well, it was World, technically started in 2017, yeah, okay. but they called yeah. it 2018. Yeah, 2018 World Juniors, and then uh, and then the uh, and then the Everly goal in OT. I mean, I think about. Mark Andre Fleury in, in Halifax losing, um, you know, the yellow pads. Yep. Um, but no, I mean, they're just phenomenal moments. I mean, I used to cut like I used to get so into it as a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like emotionally attached. Like, yeah, man. Anyway. Um, just to touch on super quick in case uh, some listeners maybe they're in the states or something and they don't understand the Kale McCarr and Drake Batherson thing, how Ducharme ran it. Yep. But I mean, Drake, for instance, that tournament, he what he was MVP for Canada. He had seven goals. Well, they played him third line. And, like, very sparingly. Yes. And, I mean, we all know who Kale McCarr is. What, he was 7th D? Yeah, they didn't play him. They didn't play him. Like, think, think about that in, like, and it's not like these guys that were on there. Like, we had, like, Boris Kachuk, Taylor Radish. Yeah. Tyler Steenbergen. That guy doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Man, it, it, I just, it, it makes me so upset. And, and this guy, anyway, th- this Dominic Ducharme guy, I, you know, I, I think his tenure in Montreal is going to come to a quick end as well. They're going to run him for the year and he's um, toast. Man, they're handicapped there, though, just due to the fact that the coach needs to be French-speaking. Um, it's kind of got to be done. Oh, no, for sure. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's a cultural like... thing. You need to be able to address a lot of the fan base there, but it's tough. Um, Nate, your favorite Christmas song? Favorite favorite Christmas song is uh, Christmas All Over Again by Tom Petty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You've definitely heard it if it doesn't come to mind. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I I'll mean... play it for you once we're off here so we don't get copyrighted. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to come out and say this, man. Like... I like Justin Bieber's Christmas album. So do I. Yeah. I also like Michael Bublé's. Yeah. You heard, yeah, you heard yes. that? I could put that on repeat and then, uh, I don't know. There's a good chance that for the rest of today, once we're finished work, and for the remainder of Christmas Eve, that Justin just Bieber, Bieber is blaring. Yeah. like Pick up some Tim Biebs and just oh, indulge, huh? Gosh. I mean, I'm not looking to put on too many LBs over the break, <laughs> but if I go in for some Tim Biebs, those things are filled with calories, dude. The Tim Biebs? Yes. I haven't tried them. Oh, man. What, they're, they're what do you solid. mean they're filled with calories? Well, just Tim Biebs in general. Yeah, they're just, they're, they're bad for you. Just calorie dense. Not eh? that I'm, not that I'm. No, I'm but it, it's my, I, I'm, I, yeah, I, I hear know, you, but it's you, like, you, it's, know, you, you, you got to keep an idea. Yeah, you can't like, just shovel stuff in your mouth. No. Like, no, exactly. Some sort of rhinoceros. No, you'll be on the biggest loser pretty quick. Yeah, you do six hundred pound life. You'd be yeah. trying out, and they won't even take you because you're too big. <laughs> Favorite Christmas movie? Christmas Story. Okay. Yeah, that's the one with. Uh, you familiar? No. Oh, you know it. Christmas. Trust me, if I'm telling you about a movie, yeah, 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 you I've, know I've definitely it. Seen it. Uh, it's the one. It's like Ralph. He shot his eye out. Remember, he's got the B. He wants the BB gun for Christmas. Okay. You haven't seen it? I don't think I have. Oh my god, it's a classic. Okay. Dude. Okay. And I like I've seen four movies. Let me let me uh you want to bring it up again? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh just like even even the uh the main character or something. It's not animated, is it? No, no. Okay. Um I'm a big Home Alone guy. Uh, I loved Home Alone growing up. It's a Wonderful Life always seems to be on CBC or on the Christmas Eve, Christmas time. So I used to poke my head into that. I mean, it's not it's not the best, but it's certainly a staple uh this time of year. Um I'm trying to think of some other ones that I so really So it's like, like it's this guy here. Dude, I've never seen that. Really, dude? Okay, you don't remember he the dad gets the the lamp that's a leg? No way. You don't remember this? I'm going to have to watch this tonight. Dude, it is hilarious. They Literally, the whole movie is like, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but they're just like, you're not getting a BB gun. You'll shoot your damn eye out. 
And he does? And anyway, he's like, no, I'm not going to shoot my... Anyway, he ends up getting the BB gun for Christmas. He ends up shooting his eye out. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. We watched it in school. Yeah, yeah. We watched it in drama class, I believe. So. Oh, well, I mean, that's a staple for uh, for a shout-out to Mr. Rod Murray, who was an absolute legend. How the hell drama are Drama teacher. He was a legend. Um, I think I think one that's kind of sneaky underrated, The Office Christmas Party. Uh, that is a good one. Yeah. We actually were talking about Jamie that last Butler. night. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Butler is in the movie. <laughs> yeah. so what, what, you got T.J. Miller? Oh, he is all time. He's so good, man. He is, he's He's got to be one of the ultimate, like, comedic background roles. Yes. You know what I mean? He just, like, comes in. Like, I remember you've seen She's Out of My League. Yes. He's yeah. just, like, the T.A. Yeah. at the airport. He's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, place sucks. Like, you know what I mean? He's, like, hilarious. Hall & Oates cover band. Oh, man. <laughs> it's hilarious. He, uh, yeah, he's a great actor. Um, all right, Nate. Finishing things off. With the Christmas yeah. rapid fire, what's the most overrated Christmas food or beverage? I feel like eggnog. Yeah? Not a big eggnog guy. Okay. Um, Food-wise, those damn, like, shortbread cookies. Okay. Like, they're no all, icing, just plain shortbread well, cookies? Yeah, you know, they're okay. But Or the ones with, like, If the, you lather the, those things in icing, though, they're money. Yeah, for sure. I'm just picturing the ones that are just, like, the straight-up dry mouth, like, those white cookies and then they have the cherry in the middle okay you know what i'm saying oh yeah okay it's like, and the, there's just like whoever brings them over every year they bring over enough to feed a village yes you know what i mean yeah. they're in a case like this big yeah. this wide and they're just pounded full and someone's always like eat some cookies it's like i've had seven yeah. there's still 1400 in the case like I'm, i can't have any more oh that's a great point um i would say mine is uh is it is it like fruit bread or like what you know what you mean like oh yeah it uh, comes out this oh. time of year what's it called I I it's I, uh, I, it's cake right it's uh, fruit cake fruit cake <laughs> <laughs> yeah man that stuff that stuff is, is shit that is so bad oh. I don't know anyone who enjoys that and it always just comes out of the woodwork it's, this time of year yeah because it's one of those things man these older people that you yeah. know it's been a tradition since they were a kid because it's all they could get their damn hands on was bread oh man it, they it, could jam some fruit in it it's like some crap well listen God. Dude, it's uh I think first and foremost what we should say to the listeners is is listen it's been a fantastic uh you know almost year now of, of you guys tuning in and we really appreciate you listening and and supporting uh, the daily intermission I mean we've got exciting news on exciting news coming uh and and listen we're in the new studio um but uh but listen thank you for always supporting by listening to the podcast following along on Instagram following along on TikTok and I just wanted to say thank you uh, and have a very Merry Christmas. Yeah, happy holidays, guys. And uh, we're just getting started. Let's absolutely go.